in case you missed it on Newsbreak. Good afternoon. Welcome to the program today. It's Newsbreak with me, Tadeh Shari Pashad, and we are uh, bringing you another interesting conversation this Sunday to keep you updated and informed about everything uh, doing the rounds around you. So, um, yeah, interesting to talk. And remember, from some of the follow-ups that we've listed and uh, came across yesterday, we're still working on them. So we are still trying to get you some sort of... Um, you know, confirmation about a lot of the issues you've raised. So you can stay tuned to our subsequent broadcasts as we do um, try our best to get you all of the, the information uh, that you seek. So um, today's conversation uh, is particularly interesting and it's something that I think uh, definitely something in a build up to Heritage Day that we've selected and set up for you. Something that um, I feel likely to resonate with you but at the same time it's something different it's a different set of perspectives it's a different sort of opinions and um, always try and you know go on to something a little bit less than the ordinary when it comes to um, providing you topics of this nature so obviously it is Heritage Month uh, and Heritage Day is going to be celebrated pretty soon in South Africa. And we've often spoken about many things, you know, am I South African, am I Indian? Um, you know, what are the aspects that make me who I am, etc. Uh, the global appeal, the modern appeal. So today, um, just taking into account a lot of conversations I've been hearing about what makes me Indian and why um, I celebrate my Indian heritage, um, I started to ponder then, um, you know, at what level is your appreciation for your Indianism um, external and at what level is it internal? So it sounds you know, a bit abstract and a bit complex, but um, maybe, you know, we could ask Rachel about that. Rachel, how are you doing this morning? Hi, Tarish. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thanks. Rachel walks into work today and the first thing she says is, I've got an aloo paratha. <laughs> so it doesn't get more Indian than that, does no, it? No, <laughs> it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> she didn't share the paratha with hey, me. Hey, that's so, for lunch, yeah. not for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, just just making sure everybody knows that I want pizza. Um... <laughs> What do you really appreciate then about Indian culture? You know, I think um, the topic that we're discussing today is so, so important because how do we truly define being Indian, especially and what's my heritage, especially in South Africa? A lot of people would be like, no, I'm South African. I, you know, I don't have any ties to Indian. But by the virtue of the fact of how we look, how we speak, the way we dress makes us South Africans of Indian heritage. And yeah. that's what I consider is my heritage. Yeah. So having said that, then, what do you most appreciate about, um, you know, your Indian... My Indianness, so yeah. to speak. You know, um, as strange as a lot of people may feel, um, coming from a Christian religious background, the most beautiful aspect about me, for, for me, about being Indian is our traditional way. I love wearing my saris and Punjabis. Um, I think being dressed up in a sari is one of the most elegant piece of clothing any woman could ever wear and for me um, my favorite part about being an Indian and I'm sure a lot of other cultural groups kind of envy that because our Indian women can carry their sari so well not even the food it's just the sari the jewelry the makeup the hair everything that we do in our dress traditionally like we were talking about earlier uh, the significance of what each of yeah. those items so mean so that's what I found interesting and I've been hearing this this conversation this viewpoint from a lot of people um, about what they appreciate and what they um, you know identify as being uh, holy or 
completely uh, representative of their of their Indian heritage. Um, and for me, that that's wonderful. But I think that's external. So absolutely, what I then wanted to find out is what is internal. Yeah, you know, I, I I had to really think about that when we yeah. were talking about it because what is internal then? Because living in South Africa, living in Durban for that matter, living in Phoenix, internal isn't really Indian Indian. I mean, yeah. I, I spend time with you and as much as you are that, you know, little boy from the street with the way you dress <laughs> always on your brand names, your tackies, <laughs> your T-shirts, but yet you are so authentically Indian in the sense of your dance. The mannerism, I, I mean, one of the things that endears me to you is like when sometimes I say, Theresh, you go, G. <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> say yes. All these secrets of mine here. <laughs> but uh, no, interesting point. Um, wow, what a beautiful picture Jack Kumar sent us. Stunning. Um, yeah, interesting point. So I think that's, that, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, um, you have, uh, and specifically in a postmodern era and postmodern context, um, People who may not necessarily wear their Indianism, you know. Uh, I will never forget, this actually went viral, I remember, a couple of Diwa- Durban Diwali festivals ago. Uh, we were having an interview with Mr. Ashwin Trikamji, and we're talking about, about traditional, uh, the traditional element of Diwali, and he actually outed me on air. <laughs> he says, yeah, here's Taresh talking about this, but he's wearing jeans. <laughs> so... My question is, does that make me less Indian? You know, no, it doesn't. Um, and what do I keep inside? You know, what does an individual keep inside? So uh, a little bit abstract, you know, um, some people may not eat curry, but may be completely fluent in Indian texts and can read and write the language. Yes, yes. Some people may um, not be able to read and write or um, understand Indian scripture may not be able to read Quran, may not be able to, uh, you know, recite Tevadams or whatever, you know, cultural aspect you have, but they completely know how to cook the authentic Indian food. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at that interplay and I'd love to know your thoughts if you could please share it with me there on our WhatsApp line. You know, how do you balance that? What is your idea of an actual Indian heritage? Is it something more intellectual, something more intrinsic where you can be wearing sneakers and jeans but have the full Upanishads in your head? Mm -hmm. Does that make you Indian? Or is it you sitting every day eating a bunny Mm -hmm. and then possibly not knowing that there's so many languages or there's so many uh, layers to your culture does that make you uh, authentically Indian I want to know what it is and what works for you so you can please go ahead and send me those messages send me that text uh, I'd love to hear it uh, I just want to uh, I mean sometimes you know it's it's uh, I guess this is why we have social media but um, it's 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 I sometimes I just really wish we had an audiovisual medium Jack Kumar is sending me the most amazing um, Indian art of of Indian females in traditional attire uh, so he sent me one of this woman in an Indian sari. It looks like Banaras or Kanjivaram, I'm not sure. And um, it's 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 wonderful. And then a photograph of a very dark-skinned woman, but with such uh, depth in that photograph and such depth in her eyes. Uh, looks like a very vintage photograph. And and um, marvelous. Thank you so much for I think starting off our conversation on such. Um, um, 
Wonderful images, really, really powerful. We'll try and share it on our status so you can have a look at it. Um, so yeah, go ahead and let me know. You know, what what do you uh, identify with most? Um, respect the most about your Indian identity? Is it something that's completely uh, external, where it's the way you dress and the way you speak and what you eat? Or is it something that you keep inside of you, you know, knowledge and, and, and an internal practice that makes you makes you Indian? Uh, interesting to know what your thoughts are. I look forward to hearing it. To vote for your favorite finalists in the Lotus FM Cultural Cuisine and Attire Competition, simply SMS the keyword DISH and the number of the contestant to the Lotus FM SMS number 33192. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Free SMSs and SMS bundles do not apply. Maximum of three votes per finalist per day is permitted. SMS lines open on the 22nd of September and close on the 28th of September 2020. Winners will be announced on the 30th of September 2020. TCCs apply. Lotus FM. Yeah. Yeah. Share the experience. So yes, you can go ahead and you can definitely uh, get the conversation uh, started with us. And here's Zakira. You know, Zakira, I'll never forget some of the always these one-liners that she that she provides on the program. So I think here she goes again. And yeah, Zakira, I wish you would voice note this man so we can make a promo out of it and play it every single day. Uh, hi team, just some flowery lines. It's Nani's biryani, sit, uh, feni, lighting my first dia with my bestie Priya, Lata ji ki awaz ka fitur, the sweetness of the santur. I donated now Tamil and Telugu, but smart in Hindi and Urdu. But my rotis are not round, so bring your own when you come around. <laughs> Zakira and Johannesburg. Zakira, just for you to sit and entertain us. I don't even care if your rotis are, uh, are not round. Even if the puri is still kacha, I'm still coming there. Because I just want to sit there and laugh with you. Because you always come up with these amazing one-liners. Thank you so much. Uh, but I think in itself, that message is... Um, Interesting. I mean, the way Zakira in- incorporates so much of things, you know, from from uh, Tamil to Telugu to lighting a dia to uh, the sweetness of the santur, which we all love, love, love. Uh, wonderful. So I think that in itself, for me, represents uh, an amalgamation of everything. You know, you have an appreciation of of, of authentic Indian music, of classical Indian music, uh, but at the same time, Nani's biryani is just right up there. Uh, so yeah, interesting, great messages coming through. Here's a stunning picture that we got, another one of a lady in a very beautiful sari who says, um, the most that I love about my Indian heritage and my Indian culture uh, is our elegant saris. So that's, that's uh, so this is the thing, you know, um, saris, uh, that's the external aspect of it. What is the internal? Or is there, does there not need to be? Should there be a balance? Should there be one and not the other? That is the level of, of, of um, you know, dialogue I'd like to have today. But please go ahead and let me know your your thoughts with regard to um, what we're talking about. What do you appreciate about your Indianism? And um, we'll from there ascertain, you know, um, how to achieve that balance of, of, of the two. So, uh, yeah, we're also going to be discussing this um, quite, quite uh, insightfully. And maybe in that time, you can send us your messages and your, and your voice notes. 
Um, so yeah, keep it locked on to Lotus FM. We are trying to um, connect with our guest today, Professor Kiren Tatia, who's going to be talking to us about this particular concept. I look forward to getting his sense of, um, of this dynamic that we're trying to present here today. This public service announcement is brought to you by Lotus FM. Speed kills. So does aggressive driving, disobeying road signs, drinking and driving, and talking or texting on your mobile phone. Take the wheel and become the change you want to see on the roads of South Africa. You might think that a television in your lobby or place of business is just an electronic device, but it's not. It's so much more. It's a conversation starter that helps with the vibe in your salon. It's a sense of comfort that makes patients feel at home in any hospital bed when you need it the most. SABC News. Independent. Impartial. It's an informative voice you can trust and a teaching aid that helps you educate your kids. It's the fun your guests thought they wouldn't find in a hotel room. Your TV works hard for you. Treat it right by paying your business TV license. Visit tvlic.co.today and pay super fast online anywhere, anytime. Okay, so we're looking at this concept of Indian um, heritage and uh, the external versus the intrinsic uh you know which way does it go uh, does it need to go a particular way uh how do you do it how do you balance it and i'm just trying to figure out uh you know the external versus the internal aspects of of celebrating your indian culture and i'm very happy to be joined now on the line today by professor kiren tatia he's an uh, academic artist even and an author so very very um, insightful in indian philosophy so he's agreed to join us for a bit today to talk about this Professor Tatia, thanks for your time. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, wishing you a very happy Heritage Month. And I think let's just start off then by asking you, you know, what were some of your unique uh, impressions and perceptions of Heritage this Heritage Month? I know we often draw on it every year as the time comes about and the narrative makes its way to us. But what did you particularly reflect on this year as you con- contemplated Heritage Month? Hi, Professor. Hello, Professor. Okay, I think we seem to have lost him. We're going to try and get him back on the line. Um, and maybe we can... Um, maybe we can um, try and get him back on the line. In the meantime, let's just go through to some of your messages that has come through. Rajan Rajkumar in Cape Town says, Among the myriad of things... On the distinct attributes is my accent. As soon as I start speaking, people immediately recognize me as Indian, and I'm proud of that. I will never change my accent for anything in the world. Not even for a Cape accent, Mr. Rajkumar. <laughs> I couldn't resist that one. Um, so, yeah, I think the way one speaks as well is... But, but like, that is the, uh, the... This is one of the interesting things that I'm finding, the, the linkage between that. Uh, that the way you speak does come from space inside doesn't it so um yeah marvelous and interesting to 
to to consider it in that way. Um, and here's a message. I don't know who it's from. It says, good topic. My heritage to me is my culture and my prayers. The food is very interesting. The poli, vede, gulgula, soji, wurundas, and the sweet rice and kadle. I love being Indian. So there's somebody, they're identifying, um, you know, traditional food is what, uh, that's from actually from um, Sharon Pillay of Westcliff Chatsworth, identifying with traditional and I think customary cultural food as being what represents um you know, in, intrinsically, her, her, her Indianism that, that comes out externally. So, yes, we've got Professor Kiran Tatia back on the line. Professor, I was asking you your thoughts. You know, what particularly stood out for you this month as you contemplated heritage? Um, well, thank you, thank you for having me on the program, uh, Paresh. Um, I think, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I thought maybe we should take a step back and, and ask a, a, a different kind of question and, and say, let's say someone comes to us and says, um, I want to be a South African Indian. Okay. What would we introduce the person to? What would we take? Where would we take the person? What would we show the yeah, person? Yeah. What would we tell the person? And at the end of that, that person would understand what it is to be a South African Indian. Now, it's very complex. Obviously, it's, it's, you, you can pick one aspect of a whole jigsaw puzzle and say, yes, this is what Indian means. But it's got to fit into a puzzle. And we've got to see a big picture. So if someone says, look, uh, I like samosas, right? And, but Indians are not the only people who like samosas. I mean, it's very popular with lots of people. So by eating a samosa, does that make you Indian? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so if we ask that question, then we can look at ourselves a little more uh, deeply and say, well, are we defined only by the, the things that we eat? Uh, so if you look at a definition of culture at one level, culture is, uh, it includes all the things that we eat. It, uh, it includes our belief systems. It's how we live, where we go, uh, how we pray, uh, all of those things that makes, makes us, uh, who we are, right? But there must be something beyond that. There must be something that defines us beyond just those material or behavioral aspects, let's put it that way. Yeah, and, yeah. And that would be, and I think that's, that's basically what you were asking me earlier. Yeah, uh, I think that's, a, that, uh, that's really a fascinating space to start, and that's definitely something I'd like to, I think, open up into my WhatsApp line as well. I mean, if somebody said to you, uh, could you explain to me or show me what being South African Indian is, what would you, where would you start? What's the first thing you'd show them? You know, where would you take them? What would you present them? Something tangible like that. What would you do? And you can WhatsApp me on that line. We'd love to to see. I think uh, that's a good experiment, Professor Tatia. Thank you for that one. And we'll definitely look at it. But, you know, and just to take it a little bit further, and because you mentioned food, you know, often, and I just had an interesting conversation with the, with the food journalist the other day who's um, working on a piece of the Durban curry, which in, in um, you know, cuisine circles... Um, is an entire genre on its own. It's it's very different from other types of curry that you that you get globally, even from the curry that you get in India. So she was, um, you know, doing research on that, um, and. The point I want to say to you, Professor, is that if I say as an Indian person, well, I don't eat spicy curry. I can't handle hot curry. I want something really mild. Does that then, you know? 
take a level away or take uh, a sort of stripe away from a person who is of Indian origin because they may not be able to eat hot curry, but that doesn't mean that they don't have other aspects of Indian heritage, history or culture that they uphold quite, quite fulfillingly. Yeah, I, I think that, um, I mean, there are two things that when you were, when you were mentioning that I, that came to mind. One is that, you know, early in the 1990s, around 1992, 1993, before we, we had our elections here, we uh, received a few visitors from India, diplomatic visitors. And uh, I was faced with the same, you know, problem about where do I take them and what do I show them and so on. So we took them out for a meal and they said that, you know, the food that we eat is actually old-fashioned. Yeah. And that it reminded them of the way their grandparents and great-grandparents cooked, you know, and they don't cook like that anymore. So, you know, the India that we think still exists doesn't exist anymore. It's it's moved on. Maybe we haven't moved on in terms of the way we look at, at who we are. So much of the, the, the food that we eat and so on is very... Uh, um, it's a it's a repetition of what went before and what went before. And, you know, you do have uh, uh, chefs now who would make a gourmet bunny chow, or, which is specific, specifically South African India, because you won't get a bunny chow in India. So, but, you know, you would get a gourmet bunny chow. And, and does that make it less Indian or more Indian? And I think when we have a discussion about less or more, uh, it almost becomes a kind of uh, debate showing off in a way, that yeah. I am more Indian than you, that I am less Indian than you, and so on. Um, and I think that, you know, again, to take a, a step back, I think we must understand that the, the people that came to, to South Africa in the 1860s were not, you know, there were no major artists or yeah. Yeah. writers or philosophers or uh, people, that, you know, who were part of the intelligentsia in India. And there was an intelligentsia in, in, in India. There were intelligent writers, intelligent poets, and so on. Those were not, uh, you know, the mainstay of the people that came in, in uh, 1860. So we have a certain level of understanding of our culture, which is at a certain level as it existed in India. You know, we were not necessarily part of high culture. We were part of culture as it was, uh, you know, extended to, to, to them in a very sort of small space or a very narrow space. So we didn't have a meta... Uh, view of it. We didn't see a larger view of it. I mean, there were no kings and queens and, and princes that came in, you know, as indentured laborers. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So, yeah. I think uh, reconnecting with India is, is a big issue for many people. I mean, they go to India and they look for their roots. They look, you know, um, for where they came from, etc. But what do they find? You know, they might find a few relatives. They might find where they were and who these people are. And I think that is affirming in, in a way that we are connected to India. But we, we know that we are connected to India. It's not that we have to prove it, you know. But uh, when you look at it, I mean, uh, people who have been to India have always uh, also said that they felt like foreigners there. Yeah. You know, yeah. they felt like foreigners yeah. in India yeah. and that, uh, you know, they couldn't wait to get back to South Africa. So, so at that point, <laughs> Professor, at that po- point, let me ask you to, 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 you know, give us a sort of... Um, contextualization of these two sort of streams I'm trying to focus on here today, explain to us the two dynamics of a superficial understanding of Indian heritage versus a more internal philosophical one, the external versus an an intrinsic one. Yeah, I think that uh, um, we must be careful about, 
you know, categorizing culture into high culture and low culture. Because, you know, that, that was done in a Western sort of worldview world where, you know, people would read uh, common books and that was not considered high culture. But if you read Dickens or, or Shakespeare, that was considered high culture. Yeah. Right? So we mustn't, we mustn't look at that from a kind of uh, a parochial sense in, mm-hmm. and, and, and a competitive sense. Everything Absolutely. is culture. Everything is culture, right? But the arts and uh, the, and philosophy and 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 issues of intellectual achievement, for instance, uh, are not things that are readily visible. For instance, if if using that person that came came to us and said, "Show us what is Indian," we won't take that person and show him an artist. You know, we might take him and show him a building which is based on something in India, but we won't show the person a book. For, for argument's sake, and say, well, you know, look at this book here. It's by Fatima Mir. It's called The Indian South Africans. And, you know, this is where we won't show them those things. So yeah. uh, there, is, there is that sort of gap in our understanding of what it means to be Indian. And maybe uh, even now you've got books, you know, like Made in Chatsworth and so on that, that, that move towards taking the experiences of people in Chatsworth and, and bringing it to the, to the point of literature. You know, which is, I think, a really fantastic uh, a project. But to bridge um, the gap, so, yes. So, but you know, in in talking to people, you don't expect them to know about Hindu philosophy at a deep level. You don't expect them to know about Buddhist philosophy at a, at a deep level, or even Jain philosophy, or any of the philosophies that came out of there uh, at a deep level. You know, because it ha- it hasn't been taught to us in schools. Um, you know, and uh, I know with, with, with kids uh, asking parents today, you know, why are we fasting? And, they, you know, some parents might say, oh, just be quiet, and we're fasting because, you know, my parents fasted and my parents before that, grandparents fasted and so on. So we're just sort of like, uh, you know, reinventing the wheel or just, just going on and, this and, yeah. and losing the maybe the essential message of yeah. what came you know, yeah. the reason why we fasted, the yeah. philosophical pass, issues we had pa- there. Passing on the baton. And then, of course, so, the, the, you know, you've explained the intrinsic, the really, re, the, in the philosophical side. And, and I think, you know, if I could add, Professor, what it then means is that when you understand Indian heritage uh, in that philo- philosophical, intellectual space like that, you imbibe a certain way of living. You know, it's a certain way of um, how to interpret teachings from from Indian philosophy and how to live like that, right? Um, so, you know, th- you've explained it quite well in terms of that that intellectual understanding. Let's talk on that superficial, so everybody at home can understand the two dynamics we're looking at here. Um, superficial would then what represent what we wear, what we eat. No, I, I, you know, I'd guard against calling it superficial because yeah. that's intrinsic to, to who we are. I just think that there may be different aspects of culture. External. That the arts and so on would constitute, arts and philosophy would constitute a different aspect of culture as food, you know, and food can become art, so that's a different level of, of culture. Now, I think the, the, the issue that I would like to probably explore here is that uh, India has a very rich cultural tradition. It has a very rich artistic tradition. It has a very rich uh, tradition of literature. It has a very rich architectural tradition. You can you can go all over India and see temples and and buildings that are you know still existing after thousands of well not thousands let's say hundreds of years or, or, or centuries um, uh, that are really beautiful and original original works of art right yeah. uh, original sort of architecture. The question that we must ask ourselves is, what have we done? You know, 
and and maybe that's why we hold on to the samosas and the the bajias and so on and and define ourselves in terms of that rather than saying well you know hang on being an indian might uh, bring with it a, a a a challenge which is beyond that it might be a challenge which we are maybe shying away from and not to say that they aren't artists uh, that have done this, uh, they have. I mean, we've got brilliant artists within the, within the community. I mean, I can think of uh, Usha Sizaram, who's doing fantastic work, and it's based on culture. But the the people within the community might not have any idea about it. Uh, it might be something that exists within a different culture, you know, not in the in the way that they define culture uh, superficially. For instance, Jay Patel, for instance, when he started with uh, Surila Sonka, where he mm. used Indian dance and African dance and mm. put them all together. That's not commonly known by people. Same with Jaisri Mupan, yeah. you know, with the Chibangi dance group, uh, which, you know, uses cultures, different cultures, brings them together and creates a new cultural form, which is, uh, which is still Indian to, you know, a certain extent, but goes beyond that. So, but many people in the community would not know about that because it exists outside the frame of the samosas and the gulgulas, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. So I think then, and, and, and my point in, in starting this conversation, because it's another great layer of Indian heritage, isn't it? How does one merge the two, you know, um, and the, 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 the daily practices, the, the identity and the traditions that one was brought up with, you know, and, and, and we're using loose terms here like gulgulas and samosas and, you know, wearing the way the traditional dress that you do, but at the same time merging it into a sort of a deeper level because ultimately I'm asking for the point of longevity. You know, you're going to come to a point where, like you saying, children are going to start asking why are we fasting? Because, you know, that is the nature of evolution and the nature of the quizzical mind of the information age. And children are going to say, why are we, why are we fasting? Or why do we have to make this particular, um, you know, sweet meat or a savory to offer in prayer? Why can't we instead make this? You know, at what point then um, is it going to be important to have answers to the question? Yeah, I think that's, that's a, a really interesting topic, and I think it's it's a topic that you know five minutes and ten minutes won't do justice to. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the, we must look at the, the the Sanskrit word for tradition, and the Sanskrit word for tradition actually means a flow and a passing on. Okay, that's the the kind of a uh, simple sort of uh, interpretation of that. Uh, and what that means is you can't keep going back to a culture that tells you to go forward. You know, going back in itself is, is good just to get a sense of, you know, you know where you come from. But it doesn't tell you where you have to go. That's something you have to determine for yourself, and that's something which you, which tradition tells you you have to do. It's not a matter of regurgitation. It's not a matter of repetition. It's not not just a matter of, of uh, doing the same things over and over, uh, over again. It's got to be something new. So I think if we ask ourselves, where is that something new going to come from? And it's not going to come only from the way we dress or the, the, what we eat. It's going to come from the way we think. And, uh, you know, how do we define ourselves intellectually? How do we define ourselves uh, in terms of... of, of uh, a more deeper sense of culture. And I think that's, uh, if you ask how, how to merge that, I think uh, parents have a responsibility to, to learn about their own culture if they're going to, uh, you know, uh, share this with their children. It can't be any more, you know, parents saying, well, you know, I don't know. And then when the children uh, convert to another religion or something and they ask why, 
You know, so I think that ultimately it's important to merge that. I don't think religion is the determining thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that as an example from mm-hmm. what I've heard people say. Um, but I think it's a, it's a matter of uh, that adults also need to uh, um, educate themselves about this. And, you know, if they're going, I mean, remember uh, in terms of our value system, the mother, the father, the teacher, and then God, you know, so... Uh, your your mother is your first teacher. Your father is your your, your second teacher in, in in a way. Your the, your teacher is your third teacher in a way, and God is your last teacher. So if we look at it from that point of view, it, you know, you could ask, well, what do mothers know about this? What 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 messages are they giving to their children about uh, beyond the the just the sort of making the eats and making the 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 things for festivities and and you know buying the the latest. Uh, Indian fashion and so on. So yeah, I think because, that level of, yeah. of understanding has to happen at yeah, some point. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. you know, it's just going to grind to an halt, to an halt, and you know, we would lose very valuable lessons from history. Mm. Wonderful. I think you've explained it so wonderfully. Um, and I think what it then does is it adds a longevity to it because. You know, people, um, and especially thinking about the new generation, right, who are going to be observing Purtasi in, 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 in years, decades to come, right? Um, if they don't know what they're doing and they can't even identify, you know, if you come to a point where you don't even know um, the significance, you know, the actual scriptural significance of it, and I'm just using this as a religious example, if you don't understand the scriptural significance of the time um, or of, you know, the... the um, say, for instance, the, the, the legacy or the teachings of, of, of the deity, um, you're going to have, a, in a couple of decades, people not wanting to do Purtasi, and that's a very scary thing to consider. So this is why I was trying to get audiences to understand this link between, you know, your practice versus your understanding of it. But, Professor Tati, I know it's time for you to leave us, but I just wanted to just, you know, leave you with some sort of... Um, um, opinion and ideas coming through from everybody uh, listening at home right now and their thoughts of what we're talking about. So let's go to some voice notes and then maybe we can just wrap up by trying to condense um, what has been said. Sure. Good afternoon to you, Taresh, and to Rachel Vadi as well, that's in the studio. Uh, you know, Taresh, speaking on this uh, topic due to uh, or regarding Heritage Day, it is a pleasure and an honor to say that 160 years ago, our heritage has started in another land altogether called South Africa. You know, uh, we are African by birth. Yes, I will never dispute that. I'm proudly South African, but of Indian origin because had my forefathers not come to South Africa from India 160 years ago, I would not have been a South African. I don't even know what origin I would have been or even if I would have existed. So, you know, hats off to them. They worked hard and uh, they brought forth the nation that you see today, which is us who are proudly South African. What defines us as, as African? Is it by birth that we are African? We need to find our character within ourselves. By us going and standing, putting our two hands and praying together before a lamp, does that define us as an Indian? No, it is not by culture or tradition that we are defined as individuals. It is us that defines who we are. I'm proudly South African 
of Indian origin. And I'm proud to say it, just like Rachel Vardy said it. I also come from a Christian background, but the traditional attire of wearing our dhotis and, uh, and Punjabis, saris, lehengas, makes us proudly who or where we originated from. Hmm. I'll leave it there with you. Thank you so much for that. Quite an intense uh, voice note you'd sent. Uh, I'll just play just a little bit of it. Let's go to the next one. Hello there. Good afternoon, Daresh. This is Julie Naidu from Peter Maritzburg, a very hot and windy Peter Maritzburg. What makes me proud about my heritage? It's my name. My name is Neil Kumari. Lots of people don't know how to pronounce it properly, and they tease me a lot, especially when we go to intercultural uh, functions. They can't uh, pronounce my name properly, but I am proud to be Neil Kumari. I'm proud of my heritage, my heritage proudly South African. Neil Kumari, I'll just add to you since you since you touched a very very touchy topic for me there. I have been called every ish in the alphabet except Tarish. You name it, I've been called it, and I'm at a point now where I don't correct anybody. So I feel your pain. On this Heritage Month, I'd like to say the different type of Indian dishes in various different Indias in India the different murtis and the deities that we pray, and the different Indian Bharatanatyam we do, and the different sweetmeats that we make for our fasting month and for our Diwali and New Year month from Moini Carson from Yutnaik. And that exactly is 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 a very uh, you know strong point. And please forgive me if, if I come across ignorant here. But when you hear of sweetmeats being made in Newtonhag, uh, you immediately look at the the fluidity of that Indian culture and how it's able to travel. So the understanding of that, where it comes from, and to keep it in in places uh, like Newtonhag, that that that's the point. Salim Adam on the uh, on WhatsApp. Hello there. Teresh, this is Salim Adam. Good show, like always. Teresh, it's very interesting and I think, you know, it's time for us to, to reflect and unite. You see, I'll give you an example. If I go to Mecca and there's people from all over the world there, all different type of people, different language, and if someone has to look at me and ask where I am from, they will say I'm from Hind, meaning I'm from Hindustan. You see, we all, no matter what religion, what language we are, we speak. It's one thing that we all come from the one state of India, one country, India, you know, which means Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Nepal, you see, the whole area, the Hindustan area. So we have to understand that we are all belonging to the same diaspora. In other words, we must all know that we have the origin from India and we should be proud of our heritage, be proud of who we are and we must work with one another. Thanks so much, Salim, for that exceptional insight into the origins there. Professor Tati, as you leave us, then you know your sense of just just a handful of messages, and I've got so much more, I'll go to them all right now. But, um, you know, as you leave us, your, your, your sense of this, I mean, 
What's coming through very strongly is that you get those who are still thinking of their Indian heritage on a deeper level. Some saying, does by virtue of the fact that you pray make you Indian? Uh, some saying, no, it's just your, you know, what you represent within yourself. Uh, some talking about, you know, making sweetmeats in Utenhag and, and that being, um, mm. you know, part of it. So as as you leave, I think what's what's very strong um, is a merging of the two, of the external versus the internal. Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, we, uh, I said we shouldn't uh, differentiate between, you know, different levels of culture, and I think that's important. But what's, what's more important, I think, is that people do think about this. They ask questions, you know, what makes me Indian South African? I think that is beyond the, the, the idea of just, you know, going through the motions. They uh, reinventing themselves, they reconceptualizing themselves. And I think that in itself is a very good sign you know, that we're not just taking who we are as a given. We're taking it as work in progress, you know, that we are changing, that we are looking at at, at how we, we, we interface with other cultures, other religions, and, and so on. I think that is a very healthy sign. So I think uh, I'm, I'm quite happy about that. Sounds wonderful. Professor, it's so good to, uh, to talk to you. And I think next time we're going to plan this one better and spend a lot more time going through this because I definitely think that um, we have a lot more to talk about with regard to this. And don't worry, I will pack samosas. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Take care, Bye. Professor. We'll talk to you soon. There was Professor Kiren Tati, an academic artist and author who spared us the time to talk about this and give it some sort of context. Uh, yeah, so I just really wanted to get you to understand the two streams that I wanted to talk about merging together. And it's quite clear that you are merging it together. One is the, um, you know, Professor said, let's not say superficial. So let's say the external aspects of Indianism from what you eat. And and this is the way I'm, you know, approaching it in terms of that narrative, um, you know, in terms of um, what you do, what you eat, what you're about, you know, the things that you can touch, feel and see versus on the what's inside. You know, what are you understanding of Indian philosophy, of your religion, of your scripture, of your origins, um, you know, of, of, of the mindset, of the mind frame of what it means to be, you know, Indian um, from a practice perspective. So, yeah, just talking about merging the two. WhatsApp is going off the charts right now, so I'm going to spend some time there. Uh, more voice notes I want to go through. Let's go to Mrs. Nirmala Devi Mudli. It's good to hear from you. Good afternoon, Tarish, and to your lovely guests. I value all that I've inculcated that is embedded in me through the growing up years I've had with my deep-rooted elders. I value myself as an Indian on South African soil, just embracing all those who love living in our rich Indianness, culture, and heritage. You just carry yourself in these deep footsteps that says you are a beautiful Indian woman in South Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much, ma'am. Mr. Ian governed on, on, on the line. Good afternoon, Teresh. People without knowledge of their past history, origin and culture is like a tree without roots. As a descendant of an immigrant father was only five years old when he landed in Natal, I learned important values which he imported from India. I, we observe the different Hindu prayers. We eat the same curry and rice, but the taste has changed over time. It is not the same as you would expect in India. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Governor. Appreciate that. Um, 
trying to go through some more voice notes now. That's all we have. Let's go to some texts now. Uh, a lot of texts. And yeah, Ranjani Reddy says, As for heritage, it goes with my Indian attire, my language, our assorted foods, praying in another tongue. Uh, and um, yeah, too old to learn most of uh, of all. And I love my sarees. Never too, learn, never too old to learn is what Ranjani is saying. Uh, Louis Pelain Centurion, wonderful topic. To add uh, to your sentiment, it is fantastic to be an Indian um, male <laughs> uh, looking at uh, at Hindu females with a beautiful sari and the red dot to say, stop, I'm married. Also, when talking about Indians, the first thing comes to mind is the taste and wonderful food. Uh, Rachel, that's interesting. I mean, Professor started off with a wonderful... Uh, so let's, let's ask you, uh, because I did ask everybody on WhatsApp, and I want you to answer more of it. So if somebody says to you, irrespective of whether they are from another country, another race, whatever, and they say to you, show me something, or present to me uh, something that would um, define your Indian heritage, let's say, within your local context, within Durban context, what's the first thing you would do? Where would you take them? What would you do? I think everybody would say, have a bunny chow, because that is really proudly South African Indian. You won't get it anywhere else within any Indian cultures of uh, countries where people are living. Of course, yes, it's been imported. But I would also take them to our beautiful temples. I think our temples have such a rich cultural history that really speaks about how we have grown in the last 160 years, built our identity because you have um, I know there's this little temple in uh, in Phoenix, the um, Natarajan Temple, and it's corrugated uh, tin roof. The the walls are basically fence. You know the fences that you get at uh, the the uh, cement fence. But it is so beautiful. There's pictures over there that go back 60, 80 years ago. Uh, our ancestors put up those pictures, and then you go to other temples all over South Africa that are. You can see them from miles around because they are so tall, so high, saying we are here, this is who we are, this is our religion, which has a lot to tell us about how our culture is, how we are, how we carry ourselves. So definitely the Bani Chow and our temples. What would you do? Uh, so I'd plan a tour. Okay. The first would be a classical music performance. Uh-huh. I would like to take them to see a Kathak performance mm-hmm. so they can understand, you know, the way this is conveyed. Because I feel uh, specifically that art form for me, I think it just really represents an entire um, merging of two various streams of, of, of um, Indian philosophy, culture and art. Uh, so we'd do that. And then I would take them to the 1860 Heritage Center yes. to give them a tour as to where it all started and what it represents now. And then I'd give them a cooking demo. Cooking. And make them eat that. Paneer. Uh, well, what would, uh, would, would come up with something. But I'm just, still waiting right? for that, So that they could just get a sense of how the Indian um, curry has mm-hmm. evolved. And, mm-hmm. you know, while you're giving in the demo, you can talk a bit more about, you know, uh, what our mothers tell us and... You know, don't, uh, when I ask my mother for a recipe, she says, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you throw this in, you mix it one time and then it's done. And I'm yes. like, Ma, I don't follow that. Yes. So just to explain to them these anecdotes, mm. so they understand that the way the Durban or the South African Indian origin um, has created their own sort of identity. So yes. yeah, that's what we, what we did. What would you do? Tell me now, please. Uh, Nirvana says being Indian is having a, in, the inherent confidence and in knowing you come from a long line of specialists in every field of life and a culture that extends over all aspects of life. It's that confidence that makes you go forth uh, every day to survive and thrive wherever you happen uh, to be in the world. That's being Indian. 
See, this is this is uh, so. Let's so you, know, you compare it. Then you get somebody saying, you know, I like the food, I like the clothes, and then you have Nirvana saying this sort of spirit and this inherent confidence and this sort of um, something that's a bit more internal that you're able to survive wherever you go because Indians have been. If you look at it, whether it was uh, uh, colonization, whether it was indenture, they were able to, or even the um, you know various invasions that that India itself had 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 undergone, and they're able to survive. So that's an intrinsic thing that she derives as being an Indian heritage. So that's the two differences I was talking about. And and if you look at it, even uh, when we've done our 1860 legends, which is like a popular series that we have on Newsbreak, a lot of times people will say our forefathers put money together and built a school. They built a temple. They built a mosque. It was that spirit of togetherness. They looked after each other. Nobody went home hungry. So I guess yeah. that's the spirit Nirvana is talking about. Wonderful. Swami Reddy says, I'm so proud to be South African Indian. We got it all. Ramba Mudli from Phoenix is a lovely topic. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Ramba, for listening. Susan Mudli from Peter Maritzburg. I just love my, my uh, Indian tradition, wearing saris and Punjabis and the dot and the lovely jewelry, the tasty biryani and curries and rotis and vidas and eating uh, out of banana leaves. Remember last year we spoke about this? And you know what? A year later, I still haven't <laughs> eaten out of a banana leaf. No, I? I think I, I, think I have did. to do this now. I can't remember if I did. Um, Jack Kumar says, well, but Indian uh, essay... Yeah, we, they uh, they brought love in all lives, from education to knowledge. Uh, it's great, but the aim in your being is to show all lives matter, and the time and time um, it makes it to be greater by nature. Gold is in the sweetness. Now that's another idea of it. You know, your heritage is being kind to people. Begum from Cape Town says, my identity as an, as an Indianism is the vast, tastiest culinary options. But our way, but the way we live, uh, believe and, and put ourselves out there to the world to be united and loving. Tonti from Richards Bay says, with uh, the Hindu scripture, we don't forget our ancestors. We pay homage to them regularly. We regard ancestry worship as guidance and as also memorial prayer. Kalerani Chetty says, My heritage is not only my culture and religion, but also Indian people stick together. We recall our neighbors where, uh, like family and I, were having a function at our home. Our neighbors would come over and help out, irrespective of what was happening. They were there. I'm very proud of my culture as an Indian. Another example of it. Asha Trenensmana says, I love wearing Eastern outfits and sarees, eating Indian food, chicken tikka, veg biryani, and a tasty mutton bunny. Um... Some people are fasting, huh? Asha? <laughs> are some of my favorite foods. My mom-in-law and her sister, uh, they enjoy wearing sarees. I enjoy Hindi and now some Tamil movies. I'm very proud to be Indian and not afraid to say it. It's very important to know your roots and where you come from. Important to teach the children today because some don't know where they are and, and where they come from. Ravi Lee David says, an exceptionally great topic for me. What I'd showcase to anyone um, that's being SA Indian is our extraordinary temples, mosques. And if you're a Christian Indian, you could show off your excellent uh, gurus we have that teach the public at large, our Indian languages within the country. As we know, we often want to visit India to get our roots. When we set foot to India, we tend to visit these spaces because evidently this is what we are known for, our rich culture. Few of those things that make us who we are are our place of worship, etc., together with our diverse languages. Lalita says, Namaste, we can rock the sari, the puja, the havan, the khari, the roti, the vermsali, the papad, but we can we still can rock the jeans and tops. 
I'm high-fiving you, Lalita. Put that hand out. I'm high-fiving you. And always offer our guests a cup of tea. Our sacred books are unique to us. We love our Indian music, Urdu, Tamil, Telugu, Hindi, Gujarati music and languages. We are multifaceted, unique South Africans. There you go. Shanti Pillay and Eskim, I'm very proud of my Indian heritage, starting from the history of my forefathers, with a sense of pride with our lineage and with teaching of culture, religion and even a strong connection to India. Krish Ramesh from Sastri Park in Phoenix. Generally, people of every country in the world have an accent that is indigenous to their country of birth. In Australia, people often of different nationalities, whether black, white or Indian, have an Australian accent. It's the same with the UK, USA or India. South Africa is unique in that sense, and there's no accent that is common to all uh, its people. Indians here don't talk like um, other nationalities. We, don't, we do not have a South African accent. That's from Bully Mudli in Queensborough. Um, now, this one is from him. When we talk about our Indianism, it's true diversity, which is internal over the centuries. It has somewhat got hijacked by us building social structures based on ideologies, beliefs, religion, caste. Naturally, this intention will result in future generations losing our Indianism. Yeah, that's a bit of the messages coming through. Let's just go and see if there's any more that has come through. So much more has come through. Uh, let's try and... Um, Go to it. Rita says, Rita and Derek Mangal, I'm proud to be Indian. I love my saris, Punjabi, sweetmeats and awesome foods. I even love our prayer, Prashad. Thank you. Um, Vashni from Johannesburg. Good day. I just want to say that Indian culture has nothing to do with religion and religion, temples or deities does not separate me as being Indian. Indians are go-getters and we are just cut from a different cloth. Thank you so much, Vashni. Solid point you raised there. Sushi Ayer, um, love eating food with my hand. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Rohini Sandhi says, being a Hindu, I always use my bindi, sindur, and my attire. It's always Indian, such as Punjabis at home and saris when I go out. Um, I'm from the old school and never used Western outfit. I love my Indian curries, prayers, and reading religious books, and I look forward to Diwali every year to make all the colorful sweetmeats. I look forward to the parcel this year, Rohini. Um, and yes, we spoke to Mohini Karsan from Newton Hague. Uh, we had an interesting text, can't retrieve it right now, but somebody who said that uh, she loves wearing Indian, but at once she was told it's unprofessional in the corporate sector to be wearing Indian. Um, so yeah, there was a point being raised there. Um, disagree completely. Let's go to Ralph from Westville. Hello, Ralph. Hi, Taresh. Good afternoon to you and the Lotus FM listeners. My take is that we have gone 25 years into democracy and the challenge is that we still don't understand each other's cultures and we had so many heritage days since. That is why we have now the Wakefield saga where people can't understand what type of things that we use in each of our religious groups. Thank you very much. Bye. I have nothing left to say. I think we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, Ralph. I think that was a very powerful way to um, to to end it. Uh, after everything we spoke about, this this 
vast puzzle of Indian heritage and culture. Uh, I distinguish two themes today, the one being your external versus your internal and how do they merge to create your Indian heritage. And then you've got Ralph talking about religious tolerance and so many years into Heritage Day, um, how much of that is there? So that's definitely food for thought, maybe something we could possibly take next weekend when we wrap up Heritage Month. So this broadcast came your way courtesy of the team, executive producer Salma Patel and Rachel Vadi from Itaresh. Hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.